Welcome into another All 22 Daily. It is March 19th, and we are coming off of a big weekend full of full of moves. It's been a crazy free agency period so far. And this weekend, there was about four moves that we wanted to touch on so that you tomorrow morning can wake up and just be in the know. So I'm going to start that off with the Laramie Tunzel news. So rumors were going around that Laramie Tunzel was looking to get traded out of Houston, but instead, Houston signs Tunzel to a three-year extension worth $75 million, uh, making him the highest paid, paid tackle in NFL history. So when you start to look at kind of like the draft capital and the money that they have committed to him over the years, it's astronomical, right? It's kind of like mind-boggling how much they've given to, to get Laramie Tunzel to be a part of their team. But uh, this past year, he kind of proved that he is one of the best in the game. Going into this year, I was pretty skeptical of that, right? He's he's you know getting to the later stages of his career, 27, 28 years old, supposed to be in his prime, but that Houston offense is really in rough shape. And I kind of expected him to, you know, some people rise to the occasion, some people sink to the kind of the surroundings. And I was expecting him to kind of do that, right? And he didn't. He he proved that he was one of the best. He actually finished as PFF's number one pass blocking tackle with a 91.7 grade last year. So he proved that he's worth the money. And this is a Houston team about to draft its franchise quarterback with the second overall pick. And they needed to make sure that they could cheer up this offensive line, right? So they, they they probably think that they now have. They have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, Kenyon Green at left guard, Scott Cuisenberry at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, and then Titus Howard at right tackle. So it's not the best in the league by any means, but it is now what I would call a complete offensive line, one that's definitely serviceable, one that a rookie QB can step behind and be comfortable, uh, you know, trying to trying to make it in the league. Um so from an all 22 perspective, what this means for you is one, I would feel really confident drafting whoever Houston drafts at QB this year Two, tackle weight is going to increase, right? So last year, um, tackle weight was 5.18%. If you're not aware of how all 22 does this, we use the top salaries per position to calculate a position weight against all other positions in the NFL. So last year tackle was 5.18 this year. With Tunzel's with Tunzel's uh, salary, we expect that to go up. And just for context, if you had a 90 PFF game grade uh, at that 5.18 percent, you would have an all 22 score of 4.7. So next year that might be 4.8, 4.9, and that really makes a huge difference at the end of the day. Um, my thoughts around it: I think it's a great deal. I think Tunzel deserves it. Um, but Ray, I'm curious, did you have any thoughts about it? Yeah. Um... I agree. I was actually, I was very high on Tunsil going into the year. And, um, but I, I, once, once Kenyon Green was drafted by the Texans, I thought Tunsil would kind of step it up a bit. He'd have at least a talented player alongside him. And so the advanced metrics don't bear it out, right? Because Kenyon Green was a rookie and he did not grade all that well, but you don't draft a guy like that for year one uh, production or grading, so to speak. Right. So without, advanced metrics to prove it. I'm super high on at least the left side of the Texans offensive line, which is of course important for a rookie quarterback uh, that we presume they'll be drafting in, you know, next month. So yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I think now really the next step is they just need to go out and get a good receiver, right? They have a good running back. They have a pretty solid offensive line, right? Not the best, but certainly not the worst and better than average for sure. So uh, you're going to drop in a rookie quarterback into the mix there. Got to get him some weapons on the outside. And they're the perfect spot to do that with pick number two and then pick 12, 
we all expect that to be quarterback receiver. So that's really exciting, exciting for the Houston Texans franchise and fans um, and really exciting for your all 22 team. So the next move Ray, we wanted to talk about is Isaac Sayumalo. Um, tell me about his deal. Three years with the Steelers. What, how did that happen and what does that mean? Yeah, so he signed a three-year, $24 million uh, deal with the Steelers coming over from the Eagles. So uh, Isaac Sayamalo is actually the 10th highest graded qualifying guard in 2022, and he was the top 20 performer in both pass and run blocking. So pretty balanced overall. And we talked before about how the guard position is not very deep at all in the league. So the Steelers get a solid player here that they desperately needed. And uh, they were just in the middle of the pack in terms of both run and pass blocking in 2022. So this helps both maybe open some things up for Najee and then also buy some time for uh, Kenny Pickett back there at quarterback. Uh, and then, but for all 22 specifically, as it relates to Sayamalo, he's going from perhaps the best situation in the league by being flanked by, you know, like an all pro offensive tackle and center uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, which is not anything or has not been anything to write home about uh, up to this stage. So I'm a bit leery of another top 10 season, and he is entering his age 29 year, which is fine for a guard, right? He's not the youngest, but that's not terribly old. They tend to have longer careers there. So there's still some years left, but I think the situation is around him is getting worse. So this might be a decent sell high candidate if you're able to afford moving a guard uh, from your all 22 team, because again, he, he just went from a great situation to kind of the middle of the pack as it relates to his surroundings. So you might expect that to dip. And given how there's a lot of guards sort of in that high sixties, low seventies type range for grading, this might be, or 2022 might have been as good as it gets for him. There's a coach in Pittsburgh that would disagree with you. And I think he knows a little something about football and how to, how to bring up these offensive linemen. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you have very solid points, um, but there is some positives for your all 22 team with the signing, right? If you have a Najee Harris, right? You have a running back. We're not, we're not the guys that talk about running backs, but if you have Najee Harris, you're probably excited about this move in particular because it does help at least the run game, right? It allows him to do a little bit more because he is a talented back that probably has been underachieving, but mostly due to the talent on that offensive line. So you like that for him. You might like it for Kenny Pickett as well, who gets himself a little bit more protection um, in what was a rough pocket. And what does it also say about kind of like the Phillies system, right? It's like, they remind me of like the, if you're a baseball fan, what the Dodgers are able to do, right? They go they go spend a ton of money in free agency. They make a bunch of trades and you think that they just depleted all of their prospects. And then a Galvin Lux comes out of nowhere to play second base at an all-star level. And it happens every year. They do it every year. Philly, a few years ago, we were all saying should tank, right? They should sell everything, start over. And instead, guys like this just pop out of the woodwork and become kind of this high level player. So if you're looking at it again, maybe from the other side, which is the Philly side, what does it mean for them, right? Yes, they're losing what was a top 15 guard, but that is a system that just will continue to replenish. And that's a guy I want to go find and invest in. Whoever it is that's going to replace him, go find that guy because he'll end up being maybe a top 20 player as a first-year starter. Um, but moving on from this, tell me a little bit about Brandon Cooks. As the Cowboys fan, I want to I want to give you this one to talk about. Yeah, so Brandon Cooks was traded to Dallas from the Texans for – a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2024 sixth round pick. And so from a skill set perspective, it actually works very well with the Cowboys. 
Um, he's a good deep threat to go alongside uh, CD Lamb and then hopefully an improving Michael Gallup as he gets further away from that knee injury at not too steep a price, right? So Cooks, we all know, has moved around quite a bit in his career. I, I don't know if this is like the fourth or fifth time he's been traded by now. Fourth um, time. Yeah, fourth. So that's that's quite a lot for, for a player who's 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 produced pretty well for the better part of a decade, right? That usually doesn't happen that often. Fourth um, tied all time with Eric Dickerson for the most traded player of all time, and he's what twenty eight years old, tw- twenty nine. But yes, twenty nine. That's yes. You see, I, I didn't know that, but there you go. Um, so yeah, I, I guess you can't expect him to last in Dallas very long, right? But um, a key piece of this, too, is that the Texans will pay um, $6 million of Cooks' $18 million that are owed to him this year, which uh, I think is what ultimately made the move here, right? Because Dallas has already paid Michael Gallup. They have CeeDee Lamb on the horizon for an extension there. So $18 million also going to someone like Brandon Cooks would have been a pretty steep price for a two-slash-three receiver, right? Um, but back to the field, um, Dating back to 2020, Cooks actually has the second best PFF receiving grade on 20 plus yard targets behind only Justin Jefferson. So credit to John Owning um, from PFF to, for that stat, but just goes to show you that deep threat uh, skill set that will definitely sort of complement what you see with CD Lamb uh, over there in Dallas too. So that's definitely what they needed. Um, as it relates to all 22, Cooks was the 41st highest graded receiver among qualifying receivers with a certain amount of minimum targets. So he's kind of in that soup that I love to talk about, right, of pretty good players, which there are a lot of at the receiver position. And at 29, he's probably not in your long-term plans, right? But given his situation is going to greatly improve for 2023 from where he was in Houston last year, I think he'll be a pretty good number three receiver option in 11 personnel weekly sets for you. If you're just looking at this from a 2023 lens, I think the stock is up there for him for sure. And then uh, and as a Cowboys fan, right? If you just look at this from the pure Cowboys perspective, this is alone is a good move, but you still would have been better off if you just hadn't given away Amari Cooper last year and then just spent this past year with CeeDee Lamb and absolutely nothing at receiver and just basically wasted a year of, of Dak Prescott. So uh, they somewhat recovered from it, but still would have been better off just doing nothing a year ago. But moving on to another receiver, and you know what? I'll preface this by saying I think the three guys we talked about before are legit difference makers. I think the fourth, Adam Thielen, may not be, right? He is a guy that is being brought to Carolina. The Carolina Panthers have signed him to a three-year contract, but the terms of that contract are really still TBD, um, or at least to the public they are. So I can't talk too much about that, but this is a player that's really being brought there, I believe, to be a mentor and a leader to a team that desperately needs that. Um, If this really does turn out to be a three-year contract, this will be a terrible, terrible contract for Carolina. But I suspect that it probably only has one year of guarantees. Um, So I'm just going to carry forward with that assumption. Uh, But Thielen, like I said, brings that veteran presence to a wide receiver room that is really devoid of experience. The two and the three receivers behind him are going to be Terrace Marshall up to this point and LaVisca Chenault. Two guys that are extremely young, extremely inexperienced, have shown flashes of upside, but not on a consistent level by any means, right? So Thielen going there should be a mentor to those guys. And that's part of why you invest in a player like that. Um, 
Thielen's PFF grade really has been steadily declining over the last few years. In uh, 2020, it was an 87.4, which was really high in like essentially his peak. Then 74.6 in 2021 and a 65 last year in 2022. So you're seeing that steep de decline. It's, it's 10 points a year. It's going down, which is dramatic. Um, and it's probably been kind of shielded from the public because the stats will tell you that he's had 30 touchdowns over that three-year span, which is insane, right? Like people don't have that. He's playing this year at 33 years old, right? That three-year contract would take him until he's 36. There aren't there aren't 36-year-old receivers in the NFL anymore. There's, there just aren't. So um, again, I think if it really is a three-year deal, it's a terrible contract, but I love it for them if it's a one-year deal. And uh, I think you're getting... If you're Carolina, you're getting a uh, like the locker room presence, but you're also going to get some production for a year. Like you might get five touchdowns for whatever rookie quarterback you pick at number one overall, giving him a steady target to to go find. I think Thielen's stock, you know, he's going from a very stable Minnesota offense with Kirk, who's Mister St Stability, to a very sporadic and just kind of unknown in, in Carolina. So I'd say stock down, even though he's probably going from a number two receiver to a number one, I still think it's probably stock down. Yeah. I don't in almost any circumstance, like a 33 year old ride receiver. And like, I get the coach speak of like, uh, you know, it's presence in the room and all that, but, and, and maybe I view team building a little too linearly, but I basically view t team building as there's 53 roster spots. That means there's 53 chances for you to get a leg up on getting bigger, faster, and stronger than your opponent, right? By and large, if you have the bigger, faster, stronger team, you're going to win, right? As long as you have a quarterback. By taking up one of those spots for a big, slow, declining player, I'm just hardly ever a fan of it. So save your, save your roster spot from Adam Thielen, but maybe it's a boost to Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault if you do roster one of those guys. Fair? Bit of a stretch, but you got to get <laughs> something out of this, right? Yeah, come on, man. You got to <laughs> juice it up a little bit. But that's it. So exciting week, exciting weekend. Uh, I think most of the big names are are taken at this point. There's probably a few more still lingering out there. Uh, but yeah, we'll touch base on this keep you updated as the week goes by and uh, we'll talk more about the draft in the next coming weeks as well. So very exciting stuff. Look forward to talking to you soon.